Welcome to Dudes on Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today we're discussing 2003's Punch Drunk Love, directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, starring Adam Sandler and Emily Watson. This is a listener request because it's Dudes on Demand month here. That's right. And at Mosmia Metal on Instagram wants us to do this one. Right. Um, so we're going to talk about it. But first, let's talk about what we've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching? Um, you... I watched Mildred Pierce uh, the other night. That's so good. It is it's so great. awesome. You know what? A, what a great movie! And when you had talked about it, when you'd seen it uh, mm-hmm. most recently, you talked about Anne Blythe's performance. Yeah. at like kind of uh, like being really a standout thing. I think it's the best one in the movie. I I would agree. Mm-hmm. Um, and like it's it's such a it's sort of a shocking movie, even if you've seen it before. Like, yeah. like toward the end, where the ending that you don't see coming, and there there was one other thing that kind of stuck out for me too was that. Um, the guy who plays uh, Wally in it, uh, Jack Carson. Yeah, he's presented as semi sympathetic, like like semi kind of heroic or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, in the end, he's not. But uh, what a pig! Oh God, is yeah. this guy? Yeah, this you character know? is pretty nasty. I mean, he's mm-hmm. just he's just the worst throughout the whole thing. Um, I, 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 I really hated this dude, and I just wanted to put that out there that, that Jack Carson's character in Mildred Pierce is terrible. So, it's such a phenomenal film. Yes, I, I wish I owned that one. It's yeah, so good. Too. I think Criterion just put it out in their collection. Actually, oh, good, which is awesome. That's awesome. It deserves yeah. to be there. Right. Awesome. Good. Good choice. Mm-hmm. Wow. I watched a bunch of movies that just came up in my library queue. I want to talk about one of them, but I watched Get Out, which is awesome, which you've already talked about. I watched John Wick Chapter 2, which is amazing. Yeah. I love it. And I watched Beauty and the Beast, the the live action one that just came out. Oh, okay. Yeah. With Emma Watson and a beast. Um, (laughs) It sucks, man. It does. This movie sucks. It does. Oh, crap. It takes everything about the original animated masterpiece and just makes it bad. I don't know. It's okay. Just, this is not live action. This is green screen central, man. Yeah. This isn't live action. I can't believe they call this live action. All the songs are worse. All the charm of the animated, you know, anthropomorphized, you know, yes. clocks and right. candelabras and stuff. And right. stuff. Mm-hmm. That's all lost in this computer generated garbage. Like uh. all the emotion and character that they have. It's just like, what am I looking at? I don't uh, know. That I hated stinks. this movie. All right. So don't watch it ever. All right, so now let's talk about last week's question of the week responses, Dave. Mm-hmm. It was, what's your favorite Tarantino ripoff? We got a couple here. So on Instagram, at Mosmia Metal, same guy that requested this week's movie, said Two Days in the Valley. Uh, that's a good one, right? Yeah, Two Days in the Valley. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's a that's a big ripoff. Yeah, what, Pulp Fiction, you said? Yeah, Pulp Fiction and um, <laughs> and really everything Tarantino ever did. Uh, it, it's, it's just, it's got a good cast in it, and it's a lot of people who are right. like, you know... Uh, doing, I guess, fine work enough, but but yeah, it's a complete, completely derivative of Pulp Fiction. It's uh, James Spader. Yeah, he's always pretty good. I yeah, love Spade. Of course. Um, and then Charlize Theron is in it. He, she uh, this is. is an early career movie for her. I think this may have been like one of her first. Yeah. Okay. This um, was back when she just had to be like the sexy woman in the movie and right. like didn't really do much. And that's how she, that's how she was treated in this film. Certainly. Yeah. She was something to look at. Well, she showed them right. Yeah, <laughs> look look sure where she is, is now. Exactly. Um, yeah, so Two Days in the Valley, we also got at Free Great Movies on Instagram said, maybe Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag? Yeah, Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag, a little scene 90s film. <laughs> I remember the yes, poster. Right. Um, Joe Pesci takes David Spade hostage or something. So that's a good one. I guess. That sounds like a good plot, <laughs> <Right>. actually. 
I don't know. Maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> and on Twitter, Charlie Street says, Smoking Aces. Oh, right. This movie sucks. I remember watching <laughs> it about a, a, a decade ago. Yeah. And it just is terrible. It's awful. I know. Um, it, it just it just steals everything from everybody that came before it. And and it really sucks because, like, Joe Carnahan, the guy who directed it, is um, he's on the Goodfellas DVD talking about how great Goodfellas is and how much he loves it. And he's, like, saying yeah. smart things in his interview about Scorsese's movies. Yeah. And whenever you see a, a filmmaker who whose work you don't like, um, like, talking about very passionately about things that, that you have a common interest in, it's uh-huh. like, dude, why, don't, why aren't you better? <laughs> You know? Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Smoking Ace is terrible. I hated that movie when I saw it. Right. Um, So thanks for the question of the week answers. These were some good ones. Mm -hmm. And now we're going to give you the new question of the week after our discussion on Punch Drunk Love. So Dave, why don't you give everyone a synopsis? Sure. Um, So Punch Drunk Love is a film where Adam Sandler plays a guy named Barry who is um, very uh, much much of a lonely man on the kind of on the fringes of society. Uh-huh. Um, he is a he's got his own business um, and it's selling toilet plungers and it's it's a little bit more glamorous than it sounds. <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, but what 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 he really wants to do is like sort of sort of make some kind of connection to humanity and right. um, he manages to do so despite the intervention of his insane family uh, <laughs> of seven sisters um, who we will get and we'll get into it yeah it's like a love story you know yeah it's mm-hmm. a, a romantic comedy but not in a traditional sense yes you know right um, it's Paul Thomas Anderson does a romantic comedy <laughs> yes and leave it to Paul Thomas Anderson to actually make a romantic movie that is funny um, yeah. because most people who engage in romantic comedy are neither romantic nor comedic and they have no clue how real people behave. Yeah. Um, this one is like all of his movies, totally true to life. It is. And it's amazing that he's got Adam Sandler in this movie because mm-hmm. it's like what he's done. He's taken, you know, the happy Madison, Adam Sandler character that we all know and hate. And, <laughs> <laughs> and he took that man and put him in the real world. Yeah. Not a cartoon world. That's right. You know? When Adam Sandler screams in this movie, it's not humorous. It's scary. It's like it's it's like <laughs> sort of like chilling almost. Whenever he goes into these fits of rages, mm-hmm. sometimes where, where, where you just go, my God, if this guy's really having this breakdown, uh-huh. I mean, like, like where you just see him being destroyed mentally in these moments, I yeah. mean, it's pretty scary. Yeah. In Happy Gilmore, when he's cursing and screaming at the golf ball and chopping everything up with a club... It's funny. You're laughing. But in this movie, it's scary. I know. Like when he beats up the bathroom, you know, <laughs> that is funny because the humor like comes out of the situation. Yeah. But it's not like, ha, ha, ha. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. He just said monkey shit or whatever. Right, you know, right. it's it's a real world thing. Mm-hmm. And I love it. It's awesome. I love this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I I think I said earlier, maybe it was off the air about like how this being like like sort of Paul Thomas Anderson to go. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like, like a ninety like, minute Paul Thomas Anderson. It's so strange. It's half of one of his movies. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, th- this guy makes grand epic movies. He, he he's he he's he's done what uh, you know like like everyone wants to do. Like mm-hmm. he's he's only focused on his projects and things he's interested in. And and in the middle of of what is a truly great career, he decides to make this ninety minute romantic movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that that many that, that can stand up against the epic films he the other epic films it he is makes. yeah like I don't want to say it's my favorite of his mm-hmm. I think it it's probably his most accessible film I would say uh, yes it's it's a lot shorter right it's very simple 
yes. what's going on in this movie. It's about a guy who has uh, mental issues with right. anger and social interaction, and just him tr- discovering, you know, maybe he can open up to somebody. Yes. That's very simple. It is. It's not as demanding of you as the master. No, you know, yeah. Or, uh, you know, Magnolia or whatever. I mean, yeah, th- this this is like right. something that you can put in a multiplex and it's going to have And it's not an ensemble. People. You don't have 30 characters running around. That's and, right. You know, it's you follow Barry. Mm-hmm. Um, you see what he's like and you see what happens to him. And that's that's it. And you put Adam Sandler in the role who at the time would have been like like one of the most uh, like. I, I mean, he, he was he was not revered by critics, but he yeah. was uh, like a favorite of the people. I mean, people loved Happy Madison Productions. Right. He, this was before he kind of turned into the like, all right, Adam, stop it. Yes. Stop it already. Yes. He wasn't a mogul yet. Yeah. That, it's a different kind of role for Adam Sandler. Very much so. It's my favorite role. Hundred um, uh, percent. I've 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 I have never seen him do something. I and I know he's done other good things, but this is it for me. Yeah. I I like. I like Happy Gilmore and like the wedding singer and those things. Like, yes, it's, it's different. This might be his best role, his best performance. It's certainly I mean, it's more accomplished than those other films. Definitely yeah. is. Um, and I, I I don't feel like it's too hard for him to do the acting in this because, mm-hmm. like I said already, it's basically the character he always plays, just reeled in by Paul Thomas Anderson. Yes. So like, uh, he's like someone helping. Him. It's not like a killer performance or anything, but it's good. Right. And. It, I like seeing Adam Sandler do this. Me too, because because you, you you've always like admired him for for his for his comedic talents, but like like this is where he's actually accomplishing something, and and you, you wanted you, you knew this was inside of him since 1996. Right, you just wanted it to come out, <laughs> and then when it finally did, it was like, oh, thank God. Yep. And he's totally redeemed in your eyes. Whether you hate everything that came after it or not, which I do, um, I I can always go well, but he made Punch Drunk Love. Right, you know. <laughs> um. Let's talk about his sisters. Okay. So the reason he's so messed up is because of his sisters. You yeah. know, they've created this monster. Yeah. Uh, who has all these issues. Right. They're just nagging him all the time. They're making fun of him. They don't <laughs> give him the support he needs. Uh-huh. They just put him down all the time. They're mean people, man. They are. And and, and they, they, they're they so mean. And Mary Lynn Rashkub's yeah. character, the one that we see the most of, Elizabeth. I love her. She's she, good. She's great. I, and she, it's Chloe from 24, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like just this, she, she is, she's one of these people who is mean to you and doesn't even know that she's being mean mm-hmm. and like even thinks that she's being cool and being supportive. Uh, and everything that she says to this guy is is just like undermines him at every turn um, to the point where like like at one point, Emily Watson tries to like kind of agree with her to get her to shut up. And, uh-huh. and she goes, well, no, you can't say that. Only I can say that because he's my brother. Right, right. Like, what the? What? I'm just trying to get you off the phone, lady. Yep. You know, and uh, when she first comes in and you first meet her, she's like. You got to come to the party. You got to come to this party. You got to come. <laughs> and he's like, well, there's a chance I might not be coming. He's like, you told everybody you're coming. Yes. And he's like, I have to renew my gym membership. <laughs> and she's like, what? <laughs> like, she is she is being very mean to him. Yes, here. very much um, so. I guess he's kind of asking for it, too, a little bit by, by like, lying to her. Yeah. Like, and she can see through his bullshit, you know, and they're tired of him never showing up to family things. Yeah. 
would you want to go to a party with these seven Hell people? No, and they're they're dumbass husbands. No way, dude. I mean, like the, we've talked about it before. How it's un, it's an unfortunate thing that the like fact that you come to uh, grips with when you get older is and, and you kind of become aware of it is that like family is family. Okay, we, mm-hmm. we know that we know where we came from, and it's important to be close with them. But if if it's if your family is full of people who show you no love or respect, yeah, then they yeah. cease to be anybody who you need to have in your life. Yeah, and it it sucks because they're the only people he has in his life. Yes. Like, if you don't count, like, Louis Guzman, like, who's just his co-worker, I guess. <laughs> I know, and, and Louis Guzman really likes him, kind uh-huh. of, I guess, uh, but but he's not a friend. Right. He's just a guy he works with. He doesn't have many friends at all. Right. And uh, w- by Emily Watson coming into his life and wanting to be a part of it, yeah. it, it's kind of strange. I guess she's lonely too, you know. If, right. if she's getting hooked up by his sister to go out with him. <clears throat> if she's voluntarily me, spending if, time with yeah, Elizabeth. Like, yeah, if she's pursuing Adam Sandler this hard uh-huh. in this movie after seeing like that he's kind of, you know, not the perfect guy to be with. Right. Uh, she must be lonely too. So I got these two people find some kind of common ground there, you know. Right, and that's Paul Thomas Anderson makes movies about desperados like Emily Watson and Adam Sandler <laughs> in this movie. I mean, yeah. like he's really good at that. And and I, I and that's that's the thing that really kind of puts it over the top for me as a romantic movie. Yeah, is that like Emily Watson's character Lena? Um, have you ever met someone like male or female, just a person who was truly annoying? Like, 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 just re- irritated the shit out of you. Uh-huh. you. You wanted nothing to do with this person, and then you find out they're married. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's like how, 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 how would someone like see this and 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 think I want to spend the rest of my life with that? Yeah, that's what this is. Yeah, I mean, Adam Sandler is that person. He's not totally annoying, like I just described, but but he's certainly like. You know, maybe maybe someone you don't want to spend time with after their first impression. Right. He's not going to be good for conversation, really. Right. He's right. not going to be... I mean, maybe he'll be supportive, but, I mean, he's just unpredictable and <laughs> strange, I guess. Like, very, very very strange. Yeah, bizarre guy. And how could you know after, like, uh, meeting him a couple times? Like, I don't know. I can see past this and see, yeah. you know... If I give him a chance, maybe mm-hmm. I can be the one that you know makes him happy. It's possible. Um, which I think that's how it turns out at the end of the movie, right? When he comes and does his "I'm sorry" speech and whatever. Like, yes. Um, God, that part's hilarious because he, he's like, <laughs> he's like, just give me six to eight weeks to redeem the coupon, and I can go anywhere with you. Like, <laughs> and he keeps repeating that. Just give me six to eight weeks. <laughs> Yes. It's like that classic kind of forgive me speech for, yeah. from a romantic comedy right. or just any rom- romantic movie. But it's like twisted. It is. <laughs> it, it's, it's it's the Paul Thomas Anderson factor. Uh-huh. I mean, like, like so, you know, in a, in a romantic movie, how you have the five minute wait. Yeah. We've talked about that a million times. Uh-huh. In this one, you don't have it. You skip it. You skip it completely. Like Emily Watson is is mad at him and you know that she is, but you don't see it. And then when he comes to the door, it's not a thing where he has to, like, you know, bust into the apartment and she's gone. Then he has right. to, like, go to a place where she might be. Exactly. She just opens the door and is mad at him. Yep. You can't you can't leave me like that. You can't do that. You can't do that. that was, that's that what was she says. unacceptable. Yeah. You know, um, and he says, I'm sorry. And then that's it. Yep. Because it's like... <laughs> uh, it's it's two people who who are falling in love and they want to be together and mm-hmm. the script and the movie isn't preventing that from happening. Right, just to tag on some minutes. Right, and some fake emotion. Oh man, Th- yeah, this is what a real movie is. <laughs> a real movie. <laughs> I love them. 
Um, <laughs> let's talk about the phone sex call. Okay. This is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah. He's lonely. He's at home, and he just so happens to see a hotline, and he, he calls the number. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's just really looking for someone to talk to. Yeah. I don't think he's calling to get off. Like, I, right. I, I really don't think so. He doesn't have porno all over the place and Yeah, stuff. he's like, yeah. so he just happens to see this, hey, I can call and talk to someone. Um, and maybe he wants to get off, but who knows. Yeah, but, that's uh, probably yeah. the, 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 the final the end goal. Game. Right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> but, yeah, he calls, and um, the scene is just him walking around his apartment on the phone, mm-hmm. and he's kind of like, not really engaging in the conversation. There's, he's talking to the operator at first, and yes. he's like, well, why do you need to know this information oh, yeah, like, all yeah. the time? And she's like, well, it's because this. You know, We have to verify this. And, and he's like, okay. Um, well, I just kind of thought it'd be this. And she's like, no, we got to do this. And <laughs> so it goes like that for a few minutes. Uh-huh. And then she connects him to Georgia, who's yeah. the lady he talks to. And she's trying to engage him in all this sexy talk, and he's just kind of like, not really into it. He's just kind of matter of factly saying saying things. He's like, "Are you naked?" And he just goes, "No." Like <laughs> he just is like not really engaging the conversation. No, this he, is not a normal conversation that this woman would have with somebody. Right. I mean, like like she's used to someone's. You know, when when she asks the question, "Are you naked? Are you stroking it?" Of course, the man is going to be like, "Oh yeah, totally." Like <laughs> instead, right. he 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 knows that he's not doing it. Uh huh. Um. So he's just very matter of factly, like he's it, it's like he's having a conversation with Louis Guzman in the warehouse right. about the pudding or whatever. Yeah. It's 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 all the same to him, and and so his interaction here is is just, uh, <laughs> no, you know, I'm not naked, and and he's gonna. And we talked before about like the the framing of the scene. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, like like how Adam Sandler is not in the center of the picture, and what surrounds him is this like, it's it's a normal apartment that we've all lived in. Right. And it's never looked as lonely as it does in this movie. It's just so empty a feeling. Right. Because the camera is, it's like a single take of maybe five or six minutes of yeah. him walking around with the phone, and it's him sitting down at times, getting up, walking around somewhere else, sitting down there. And the camera's like on a pivot or something, and it's just right. following him as he goes. And then when Adam Sandler stops moving, the camera doesn't stop with him centered. He's always on the side of the frame, mm-hmm. and it, you really see that open emptiness. Yes, you know, and that's that's how he's feeling inside, man. He's lonely as hell. Exactly, dude. Uh, and he's resorting to calling a nine hundred number to to actually talk to someone who's not going to be rude to him or yes. like they they'll just say well they'll they'll. That you know that girl on that line is just gonna agree with him, of whatever course. he says goes. Right, you know, so she's gonna he, act fascinated he, in his work and his hobbies. He can't get that interaction anywhere else. Yeah, at, le- at least not yet, because he's not really with Emily Watson yet. Right. Um. So this is this is how desperate this man is, yep. like just for a human connection. Yes. And and he he gets the human connection in a way when he eventually kind of just acquiesces to the the sexy talk. Yeah. Um. And uh, and Paul Thomas Anderson very tastefully shows him like like about to start you know like getting himself off. Yeah. Um. And then we cut, uh, like it, it because PTA kind of knows how to handle a situation like that. Uh-huh. Let, let's th- this isn't Abel Ferrara. You know we're we're not going to show right. you know Harvey Keitel like actually doing stuff. <laughs> um because we, we don't need that in this movie. We 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 we're already no. sensing the loneliness and the de- and the desperation of this character. Mm-hmm. Um and we, it, it's just it goes right to the next day and it turns out that um 
that this phone sex operation is like uh, it's a little bit more sinister than we thought. Yeah, the, the, she calls him back and she's trying to extort him. Yes, to get some money. Right. Um, and he keeps saying, "No, I, I can't. I can't give you money." Mm-hmm. And she threatens him. You know. Yep. Uh, how about I tell your girlfriend? You know, because he told her he had a girlfriend, I guess, to impress her on the phone. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, I, I don't because, know. You know, I'm not a loser. Uh-huh. I have a girlfriend. Right. 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 Yeah. You got to impress Georgia on the 900 <laughs> hotline, dude. <laughs> right. And Georgia thinking that the man actually has a girl. OK, whatever. And, <laughs> but but they had like the, the operator and Georgia had taken all of his information, his credit card number, social, his social security. security number. He gave all that information out, yep. and she they're, they're trying to shake him down, and it turns out that this phone sex operation is based in Utah, um, in Provo specifically, home yep. of BYU, <laughs> and it's run by everyone's favorite actor, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yes. Oh, he is great Man, in this role. as a criminal, as a small-time criminal kingpin in Provo. Oh, my you God. Know, I mean, yeah, this guy's the king of Provo. Yeah. <sighs> This guy sucks, by the way. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know his name in the movie. His name is Dean. Dean. Okay, yeah. I, I did. He just calls him Mattress Man. Yeah, because that's, right. that's like how you get billed for the hotline. D and D Mattress Man. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> um, like he's he is he is the king of this tiny little. Pl- I mean, that's a town of that doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. You know, he a- runs a mattress outlet store. <laughs> And he has a, a sex line operation out of the back. Uh-huh. I don't know if it's illegal or if it's just he's just doing it, you know, just, legitimately. Yeah, I think it's legitimate. But yeah. it seems like he's a slimy kind of guy. You yeah. know, he's got his hair slicked back and he's rude to everybody. Yes. Um, he's in charge. He's the boss. Mm-hmm. But he's so small time <laughs> that it just it just it is glaringly small time. Oh, and yeah. he thinks he's a lot hotter shit than he is. Right. Which right. is really funny. Which is PTA, man. That that's 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 Paul Thomas Anderson uh-huh. all over. Those kind of people. Yep. And then like really my favorite part at the end when Adam Sandler confronts him, yes. he comes to the mattress store and he's getting his hair cut by Georgia, yep. like Philip Seymour Hoffman is. <laughs> and he he confronts him and he's like, um say you gotta say that's that or whatever he says to right. him. And he's like, Okay, you call the cops? No. All right, that's that. And then that's that's it. They're yep. done. He's yep. not going to follow him around or chase him for money anymore. Right. And as Adam Sandler's walking out the door, he's like, you fucking pervert. Get the fuck out of here or whatever. <laughs> and Adam Sandler turns around and starts walking towards him. And he just goes, that's that. That's that. And he like runs off. <laughs> right. Like he just goes and cowers. Right. Of course. What a fucking prick. Like this I guy know. is not tough. No, he's not. Someone he's... calls him on his yeah. on his shit. Right. And he just he buckles. Yes. Um, I mean, you've encountered, we've all encountered people who really want to fight. Yeah. Um, they don't, they don't say anything. Uh huh. They just, they, you know, like, and, and uh-huh. when, when Adam Sandler goes back and confronts, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, when he gets out of his chair, he very tough guy walks over to him uh-huh. and then he stops. They're, they stop face to face. Right. Yeah. And they're just nose to nose saying this stuff. And like, like someone who really was that tough, you know, would have like, you know, taken, just taking Adam Sandler down and, 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 you know, like, mm-hmm. how dare you confront me in this place? How dare mm-hmm. you come to this place? Um, but, but, you know, Dean doesn't do that because like you said, he's the, f- he's a total fraud. <laughs> um, and he even hires these like sort of, you know, they're like, goons. they're like the brothers. I think they call them. Yeah. Like, yeah. The blonde brothers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which these, these like just small time jackasses. They drive to LA to go get some money from him. Yeah. And he, <laughs> 
they beat him, chase him down, beat him up a little, and they take him to the ATM, and he pulls five hundred dollars out. He's like, "That's my limit. I can't take out anymore." And uh-huh. you expect them to be like, "Well, this isn't enough," you right. know? An operation like this, who's like, "This guy's rich. We're gonna get all his money." Yeah, you know, we're going to these lengths to get. Five hundred dollars from I know, this guy? I know. <laughs> like, oh my god, dude! It just shows how small time these guys are. Of course, they're, they're like five hundred bucks. All right. And and like Philip Seymour Hoffman isn't paying them. He makes it up front, like you know, I'm not giving you expenses. Right. And, and this, yeah. I'm not paying. You got to pay your, for gas. Yeah. Fill up the truck. Yeah. God, <laughs> why are you guys even doing this? What is what is what is at the other end of this for you? I mean, is the is the five hundred bucks you have to spend? How some much of in that gas to are you going to spend? Like, oh to my get god. The... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> these guys are losers. They're losers and. So after he gives him the money, Adam Sandler tries to run away. Yeah. I, I really love this because yeah. <laughs> after this like prolonged kind of chase and uh, trying to get away from these guys, he's running down the street at the end of the sequence and the truck pulls up and the guy yells out the window. And he's like, where the fuck you going? We know where you live. <laughs> We're, we can come back. Like, I know. I know. And, and, the and they movie, say it to his face. Like yeah, they don't exactly. like. They don't like yell at him. They're like right. Now, they could get him if they want him. They're like, dude, we could get you. Right. What? What are you doing? They're, they're almost friendly about it. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> they're not even being mean. And and the movie like fools you when he starts sprinting away. Uh-huh. Like, like yeah. and, he, and he's he's running through people's <laughs> yards and he, he's doing what you do in a chase scene. Uh-huh. And then he's sprinting down the street and the truck pulls up and these guys say that stuff and you're like oh yeah that <laughs> <It> makes sense <laughs> you know oh dude yeah it's That's really good, good stuff i know um yeah <laughs> um and I, I guess we can just talk uh lena is a really great character yeah um mm-hmm. emily watson's character she's kind of the smartest person in the movie for a lot of different reasons mm-hmm. um now we we've already tried to question what she sees in Barry, uh, and that's just yeah. our, our perception, really, because yeah. we don't have her brain. Um, but like, what 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 makes her, I guess, most intelligent is that she immediately susses out without Barry telling her what his family dynamic is. Yeah, you know when she, when yeah. she's when she comes into that to that warehouse with Elizabeth, and she, and Elizabeth is saying all this you know stuff about Barry and mm-hmm. how he's you know got this, he's got problems, and he's so weird. Lena doesn't really buy it, but she doesn't let on that she doesn't buy it. Right. And then she creates this ruse where she goes back in after a really strange interaction with Barry. Yeah. And just asks him out. Yeah. She comes up to his face yep. and is like, would you like to have dinner with me tomorrow? Yeah. And he goes, yeah. Yep. After all this kind of weird, you know, beating around the bush. Right. With, while his sister's around and stuff. Uh-huh. Like the camera fall. Oh, it's that Paul Thomas Anderson steady cam glory. Yeah, I dude, love it. Right. It follows her out to her car. She's about to get in, and it's like right up in her face. And you see, she's like, "I'm going back in there." Yep. She just storms back in there, and it's like, "You're going out with me, basically." And he's <laughs> right. like, "Okay, yeah." It's wonderful, she, and she she knows what she's doing, and and she knows that, that that to approach him, it's like she has this weird sixth sense where she she knows that like I'm gonna use very few words. Yeah. You know, like, and she does the opposite of what the phone sex lady did. Yeah. You know, or, or the sisters even. Like yes. She, she has no clue about the phone sex thing that's been going on, but right. she knows how her, how his sisters are. Yeah. And she, she can use that. Yep. Say, okay, this guy needs to be approached a certain way. Right. And he needs like maybe a push. Yes. He's, <laughs> yeah. He's indecisive. Yeah. I mean, he's running a business and stuff. He's not totally indecisive, but 
when it comes to social mm-hmm. interactions, right? Um, he need, he he can't make choices. He just his choice would be to hide every yes, time. Yes, he wouldn't want to be around anybody. Right, like when they initially meet. And she drops off her car mm-hmm. uh, at the oil change place or whatever. Right. And she asks him to watch the car for him, and they're talking, and it's very awkward. <laughs> it's great. She's like, there's a piano in the street, and he's like, yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, as soon as she hands him the keys and walks off, he, like, backs away Yeah. into his garage door and, like, Grabs the wall, like, hugs right. the wall, like, oh, my God. Right. I just talked to somebody. Yes. Like, he can't even... Un- he can't even do it. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And and she also caught him checking her out. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Like, like she, yeah. she kind of looks back, and, and, you know, whenever that happens and you're caught checking out somebody, <laughs> like, of course it's embarrassing, but but what you do is, is like, kind of go, you kind of acknowledge that they caught you and, and give a little smirk, you know, but, but this guy... <laughs> That's he, not very... No, no, he looks away immediately, and then, like you said, like, does the... Backs into the corner. Yes, like, like <laughs> someone threw him into the corner. It's, it's, oh, it's so pathetic. Poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think you really see Lena actually is good for him in a few scenes. Like yeah. when they go to that dinner, mm-hmm. I love their dinner. Yes. The scene. I love that. I love that. The bathroom. I love when they're walking out back to the car yeah. and the music kind of swells up this romantic, like accordion music and stuff starts playing. <laughs> it's such a wonderful moment in the movie. But like at dinner, he's like opening up to her actually. Right. And you can see, like, this is good. You know, they should be a couple. They should go out. This is what Barry needs. Yeah. You know? And as soon as she brings up the sisters again or something, like, mm-hmm. says, oh, your sister told me a story when you were a kid. And you just see him shut down. Yeah. Like, because he's finally opening up to somebody and, oh, no, it goes back to my sisters again. Yes. Now I have to think about this shit. And then that's when he goes and punches the bathroom to death. Yes. Like, you see that you know, moment where things are great. As long as those things keep happening, like (laughs) those moments happen, this guy's going to make it. Right. You know? And I think Lena's the one to do that actually. Mm -hmm. And he's going to be able to fit into society. Yeah. And, and feel like a proper human being. Right. Um, and, and when he busts up the bathroom, um, (laughs) I, I, as, as, as awesome as Emily Watson is in this movie, uh, huh. I think that my favorite actual scene is the manager confronting him yes. after he busts That's up the bat. That's very funny. And I it's mean, very real. It like is. they keep saying yeah. that this movie's a real life movie. It's real. Right. <laughs> that, that conversation is the most one of the most realistic things I've ever seen on Sir, film. Sir, did you beat up the bathroom? <laughs> did you trash the bathroom? No. He keeps asking him the same thing and he's like, yep. Well, you're bleeding. He's like, I cut myself on my knife. Um he's like, Did you beat up the bathroom? Like, sir, no, I'm gonna have to ask you to leave. Just let me stay. (laughs) And he says, I'm gonna have to ask you to leave about five times. And he goes, You need to get the fuck out of here. I'm gonna bust your head. (laughs) And then he's like, Okay. And he leaves. (laughs) It it might be one of my favorite things in the movie. That scene is so funny. Right. It's so funny. It's good, Adam Sandler. I know. I love it. And 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 he's awkward as hell, and, uh-huh. and and it's it's the same like Barry character that you're knowing, but yeah, yeah, it's 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 just it's in this whole different arena where this guy is being is trying to let him off the hook easy. Right. He's you like, know. I can't prove you did that. Right. But I'm gonna have to ask you to leave. But I definitely know you did it, and <laughs> yeah. get the hell out of my restaurant. Yep. You know. And then you're thinking, okay, well, the, well, this sucks because now the date's over. But like you said, this is a romantic film, uh-huh. and Emily Watson really likes. 
Adam Sandler. Uh-huh. And she's going to put up with this. And, you know, she doesn't know that he beat up the bathroom, but she knows that, like, something kind of humiliating is happening. Uh-huh. Um, and yet she's just, like, she's drawn to Barry because she likes him. Yeah. And they, they walk out of the of the restaurant mm-hmm. with the great steady cam in front of them. It's so wonderful. Yeah. And they go to the car. He takes her home, and he doesn't kiss her. Yeah. Like, you can tell he wants to, but yeah. he doesn't. He's like, okay, bye-bye. I think he says, <laughs> yeah, he goes, and bye-bye. And bye-bye. And then he walks away. And then the camera stays there in the hall as he's walking away down the hall, and he's talking to himself. He goes, and bye-bye. And bye-bye, you stupid motherfucker. Because <laughs> he's like, he's like, what? The, why did I say that? Why did I say and bye-bye? Oh, he goes all Travis Pickle yeah. in that hallway for a oh, second. Man. you know, yeah. And and. And then the most perfect thing happens where, where like, he goes down to – he's he's going down the stairs. He's in, the, like, the reception area of the apartment building. Uh-huh. The phone rings, but the reception – the receptionist picks it up, and she goes, are you Barry? As he's walking out uh-huh. of the building. Yeah. This is for you. You think it's going to be Georgia, actually. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But it's Lena, and she says, you know, I really wanted you to kiss me. Cut to uh. him running through this building, <laughs> trying to find her apartment right. again. You know, going up a staircase. Oh, that's not right. Dead uh-huh. end. Down the stair. He finally gets there, and he he busts. He doesn't bust open the door, but yeah. the door opens, and he knocks on the door, and he's out of breath. And then it opens, and they kiss. It's such a wonderful moment. It's a magic man. moment, man. It's great. Yeah. And Lena making that call and taking the initiative. Yes. Like, she knows that's how this relationship's going to be. Yep. At least from at this point, it's yep. going to be that way. And it's great to see her doing that. Yeah. Because this man needs that. Mm-hmm. I don't like it's Again, we don't know her reasons for doing this stuff. Right, with, right. Why does she want this man? But like, yeah. <laughs> It's, she, it's it's hard to it's hard to read, but yeah, like she she knows that that's what it needs. Mm-hmm. It's a good match. Yep. Um, another great moment is when he goes to Hawaii and tracks her down. You oh, know, yeah, yeah. I love it. And then you get that great scene of them kissing. Yes. In you know the the hall the doorway or whatever. Oh yeah. I mean it's the it's the poster. You know. It, yeah, with the with, it's it's backlit with the proscenium uh-huh. and, and they're in silhouette. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it, and it's it's kind of like um like. It felt like La La Land a little bit, you know, like La La Land. Maybe yeah, might have, might kinda... have you know, kind of leached some of this off of Paul Thomas Anderson. Well, they leaked you know? a lot of stuff. So. Yes, <laughs> they leached it. They leached it. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah um, I'll take PTA though. Oh, me yeah, too. Me. Every time, man. Yeah, no doubt. Um, but you know, like, like th- this movie is um, like you you mentioned earlier about how it's the most accessible Paul Thomas Anderson, and and mm-hmm. not just because of the length of the film, but because right. it's. It's um, it's it's simple enough. It is, yeah. I mean, like as complex a character as Barry is, and even Lena is, um, like it's something you can grab onto, and and a mass audience who's just going to the multiplex would 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 watch this and go, hey, that was right. pretty good. Right. It's not like you don't have to watch Daniel Plainview. You no, know? it's exactly. Not, yeah, it's not that taxing <laughs> of yes, a movie. Yes. You know, <laughs> it doesn't demand that much. Right. Right. And it's still great, yep. and it's still deep and meaningful. Yes. Um, just like all the other movies he's done. Because he can't help but do anything but that. Like, it's not in him to make a piece of shit. You know? <laughs> good. It's, good. Exactly. Good, good. Right. <laughs> Dude, I can't wait for his next movie. Me too. Daniel Day-Lewis. Me too. Apparently it's his last performance. I. Uh, I so we'll see. He's retired before, so. Yeah, he has. And, and I mean, if, if, if there was ever one that, like, you know, who, who I... Uh, like a filmmaker who could, who could get him to put off what he wants to do, like put mm-hmm. off retirement. It's Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah. And I mean, you know, like, like 
the Daniel Plainview character, the whole film, the whole damn film of There Will Be Blood is monumental stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just another part of his career. Mm-hmm. Because Magnolia and Boogie Nights and this one and Inherent Vice and The Master, it, it's all amazing work. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. um, yeah, Paul Thomas Anderson. Well, m- maybe America's <laughs> new greatest filmmaker. He might be. You know? Again, it's small filmography. Yes. If you go back to, what did he do, Hard 8 was his first movie? Yes. In 1995 or something like some, that? Yeah, yeah. It's been 22 years and he's made six movies. It's pretty quality. Staggering. I know. It's it's Kubrick esque. Yes, actually, you're right. He takes his time. You know, he 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 only goes to the projects that are that are really worthy of him. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's a that's a good. You want to be compared with that? Like no that's, doubt. that's how you want to be that's right. remembered. That's right. Shit. Um, <laughs> anything else you want to talk about, Dave? Um, I I guess just that uh, we we've been really kind of gushing over this movie, and rightly so. Uh huh. And th- there was only one thing in the film that I found, like, tough to take. Uh-huh. It was the choice of one of the songs okay. that PTA uses. Um, and it's for that magical sequence where, where, you know, Emily Watson and Adam Sandler meet in the lobby of the hotel. Because we'd been listening to the song for a good ten minutes when he was on the phone mm-hmm. with his sister trying to get the phone number. Uh-huh. And he goes off on her finally and says, Give me that fucking number! Yeah, mm. yeah, that's great. Yeah, right. <laughs> now, um, it's... The Shelley Duvall, He Needs Me song. Yeah, yeah, um, okay. You know, I was like, okay, you guys got to turn this off. You know, I remember seeing it the first time going, man, I really get it. Uh, but but this, I can't take much more of this song. Even though it's it, it fits everything, I just, they, they played it too long. That's I, my only beef. I feel like he didn't need to have soundtrack music like that. He could have just went with the score, you know? Right. Like, Right. It's wonderful. It's an amazing score. Mm-hmm. I think John Bryan made yes. it. He's done a lot of good stuff. Yes. Um again, like I said, it's that it's that whimsical accordion, you know. Like, I know. You, you know, you're you're in Paris, you know, at a, a table. <laughs> right. Like that's how it feels. Yeah, you love it. Yeah. It could have just did that and swell up. You didn't need that. And I don't have a problem with it, but it's no. just and, and, and it's, it's certainly not as annoying or as irritating or, like, as outrageous as I'm making it sound. <laughs> it's just it's a the, tragedy. Exactly. But but I, ju- I just remember going, oh, God, I'm, I really don't like this song anymore. Uh-huh. You know, like, let, let's get rid of this. Yeah, and really, like, you don't need those kind of songs in this movie. Like, like yeah. Boogie Nights, that's a soundtrack of movie, course. man. Right. Uh, so is Magnolia. Yeah, like... So you don't you don't need that stuff. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Right. It's not a problem. No, it's not a big problem. <laughs> I don't have any problems with this movie, actually. Good. I, I love it, you mm-hmm. know, through and through. Yep. Um, and I guess that's it. What what one more thing. He's got his suit, mm-hmm. the blue suit. Yeah. Um, and everyone's like, Why are you wearing the suit? I guess he just got it, like yes. the the day before we were introduced to him. Uh huh. What do you think the new suit represents? Like I don't know. Um, I was thinking about it, and I'm like, I, I, maybe he's trying to change. I don't know, but he can't. I don't know. He wears it throughout the entire film. Yeah. And maybe the thing that people were reacting to is that it's like royal blue. It's a really bad suit. Yeah, it's like an NBA draft <laughs> suit. You know? <laughs> it's, it's And it looks too big. It does. It, it, it doesn't fit him real a well. A ball player would wear that suit. <laughs> it would fit. <laughs> it probably is Charles Oakley's suit. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, I also don't understand what I have to admit. Um, I don't know what the significance of the piano is. Me neither, actually. Yeah. Um, he he finds it. And it's kind of broken, right? Mm-hmm. And it's he it comes off of a truck. Yeah. Why did that happen? Even you know, 
there's the car accident at yeah. the beginning and yeah. then the piano and that's just there for no reason which i mean like paul thomas huh. anderson likes to do these kinds of things yeah. and and it, mm-hmm. it it always means something right i mean in magnolia with the frog shower that that was like oh you know like it actually did have a meaning it wasn't right. just a bunch of stuff that happened yeah but you had to know you had to know to watch the audience during the game show to see that sign to understand what the significance was i i looked and looked and didn't find it in this one i don't know i think it has it's not obvious like that it's, right something crazy just happened to him there's a car crash and there's this thing that he's now got in his life Mm -hmm. maybe it's represents something to do with emily watson's character maybe opening up to something coming in his life something beautiful right something you know that it creates music okay you know yeah i don't know i mean i i you really got to analyze this one. I mean, this is well. What you just gave a lovely interpretation that that could be it. And and I I truly hope that the internet has not been on fire for the last fourteen years with the explanation <laughs> of this, and we've just missed it. It's um, probably there. It's but probably. I, mean, I, I just didn't want to. You know, you never want to like look stuff like that up so that you you know. I, I don't. I know. like it. I, do I like I, I like it leaving it open like exactly. that. It, you make it mean what you want it to mean. That's right. Which is great. And speaking of Stanley Kubrick, too, I was reminded that like when Adam Sandler picks up that that piano and starts running, sprinting to the to the uh, <laughs> warehouse with it, yeah. I was like, oh, Stanley Kubrick would have made him do that like forty times. Yeah, you know, yeah. it would have just to the point where like Adam would want to hit him, and and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that would suck. <laughs> Stanley Kubrick's punch drunk love. <laughs> it might not have. It might that have would, been that frame would... for frame the same film. It could have been. You know. <laughs> I don't know. So, Dave, would you recommend this movie? Yes. Oh man, I I recommend everything that Paul Thomas Anderson has done. And mm-hmm. and you know, like maybe years ago, I would have said, uh, like everything and this one, everything, especially this one. Yeah. The more you know? I watch this movie, the more I love it. Yes. Every time I see it, it gets better. Right. I'd recommend it too. Good. <laughs> Good. Of course. <laughs> nah, that's, this movie sucks. <laughs> After listening to me gush for thirty minutes, man. Right. So. All right, that wraps things up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe in iTunes, rate it, review it, and most of all, share it. That gets more dudes listening to the dudes. Hashtag Dude Army. Right, dude Dave? Army, right, yeah. yes. <laughs> I love it. If you don't use iTunes, find <laughs> us anywhere else you get a podcast, or go to dudesonmovies.com and you'll find anything you need right there. Yes, and we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just look for Dudes on Movies, and we have an email address, dudesonmovies at gmail.com. Please drop us a line. Definitely. So, um, Dudes on Demand still open, so submit requests there. We're still... We got two more weeks here. Right. One more slot's available. If something good comes in, we might you know sneak it in. Right. So, you still can get stuff in. Exactly. Now, question of the week, Dave. What's the question of the week? Uh, the question of the week. What is your favorite uh, movie in which Adam Sandler performs? Yeah. So give us your answer for that one, mm-hmm. folks. Is it Punch Drunk Love? Right. Is it Billy Madison? Who could say? Is it Grown Ups 2? It's got to be Grown Ups 2. <laughs> <laughs> All right, whatever. So dudes on demand, like I said, next week we have a request from Max in Sweden. So this is pretty awesome. A friend from the other side. Yeah, this is 1968's If. We've done Oh Lucky Man. This mm-hmm. is the first movie of that McTravis trilogy. That's so right. It's directed by Lindsay Anderson and stars Malcolm McDowell. Can't wait. So until next week, I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>